Once you narrow that focus, what happens is the speed and the velocity which you pick up because you're so clear on who your audience is and what your offering is, it just works out. Your dance card still gets filled. You get the reputation for being these guys, not those guys, right? Strong companies, lasting partnerships, powerful events. Welcome to the Experience Builders Podcast. Chris, this is the first time I'm seeing you in the new year. I know we probably have an episode already out from the new year, but it's pre-recorded. So uh, what's been do going I look, on with you in Do I look younger? Man? Do I look younger, you, more man, rested, smarter, anything? You are turning back the clock, man. Throw me a bone here, Khalil. <laughs> How's your new year starting? Uh, it's great. It's it's. First of all, I had a wonderfully relaxing and um, lots of time to reflect the last couple of weeks of 2023. So that was great. Lots of family time. Uh, the year for us has started with an absolute shotgun blast. Um, as always, and particularly out in Las Vegas, we are... Right on January 2nd, we were knee-deep in the move-in of this Consumer Electronics Show, largest show in North America all year. Um, we roll right into we have a big private event. We're moving right into the shots, the sports hunting and outdoor trade show after that. We, so we're on the right. PGA show here, World of Concrete, Surfaces show. We, we literally have um, the, the shows and projects are, are teed up like waves on the North Shore of Oahu right through May for us. So, um, and it's a great looking lineup uh, in the first two quarters. So really happy about it. And I know everybody, yeah. most people in our industry, all of our colleagues and, and friends are saying the same. So. Well, that's, that's great. Um, great to start the year off with a little bit of a bang. It is. Um, it is. and I, I think that kind of goes in line with the, our topic today of unique selling proposition and just how the focus of what you're offering to people allows you to really hit the ground running, stay focused and uh, move onward and upward. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. This is right. So with this much activity, this many shows, this, I mean, we are, um, you know, the proposals that we're being asked to provide, you know, they are flying out the door and inevitably, you know, there's comparisons between our offering and what someone else's offering is. And it comes down to, so I think the timing is great. Why us, right? What's what's so unique about why they're going to pick us? So we're telling that story a lot right now. <clears throat> and there's some cool new things we've done in the last year that we think help us tell that story. So uh, yeah, this is a really, I think for everybody, a great timely topic. Yeah, let's get into it. So unique selling proposition. So I'll give a little bit of background and history here um, with a cool little story. So uh, Claude Hopkins, I'm forgetting the name of the book that he wrote, but the science of advertising or something along those lines. Dr. Hod, uh, Claude Hopkins, the grandfather of marketing, so to speak, um, came up with a unique selling proposition. And basically, the unique selling proposition is why someone buys from you other than price. You're, the lowest cost provider is not a reason uh, for to have a USP. That's like Walmart's USP. Um, to be the lowest yeah. cost provider, right? Um, and in fact, sometimes your USP could be, we are reassuringly expensive. 
um, the price being so high is why people chose you because they think that there's some luxury. That's the best. You're the best. Somehow, yeah, you're the best. Yeah. No, it's right. I like I always tell my advice. It's it's what's your special sauce, right? What is what is the thing that makes people like your taste more than than the other? Who, who was it? Was that a was that I can't remember. Was that Burger King or Donald's with the special sauce? Right, but they, uh, you know, that was Burger King is having your way. It's ketchup and mayonnaise. It's ketchup and mayonnaise, right? It's, <laughs> but but it call call it special sauce. You can charge more. So no, yeah. it's we all we all have that thing that we know differentiates us from the competition. And to your point, that's what your USP is. It's it's the thing that makes your product and service stand out from the competitive alternatives. And you need to know that, and you need to be able to tell that story, especially in this this day and age where people are just bombarded with information and options, right? So absolutely. Um, well, and I think you know it. It's not that your USP, you're not necessarily going to be the only one that does it, right? But there's a few things. You can be the first one to say it, uh, that you are focused on it. You can be the only one who really emphasizes it in your messaging so that it feels like you're the only one who does it. Or you can just do it the best and emphasize that you do it better than anybody else who's, who also is focused on that. So being clear that you have a focus and then really emphasizing and showing that you are the best at it is huge. And if you're the first one to say it, it makes a huge difference. And, you know, Claude Hopkins uh, worked for Schlitz Beer. Uh, I don't know. I've never personally drank a Schlitz Beer. I'm not sure if they're even in business still, but I know they existed back in the day. Did you, have you ever had a Schlitz Beer? I was, when I was the ripe young age of 16 or 17, you know, it was the time <laughs> the fake IDs came in. We were sneaking Schlitz beers from my, you know, friend's dad. My dad was not really a beer drinker, so. But yes, that's was Schlitz was okay. Schlitz was, a big, was big. It was a big brand back in the day. So he had a bit did a big campaign for them where he talked about how Schlitz beer was the cleanest or the purest, I can't remember, cleanest beer that you can drink. And that I I mean, people thought that. They thought that it was so pure the way that they went through their process. And that's what he explained in the campaign. He talked about their process and how the hops were cleaned better than anybody else. And it was, you know, the triple filter or whatever to explain why Schlitz beer was so pure in that campaign. And then everybody started believing it and it tremendously increased their sales. That was their unique selling proposition. The reality is every other beer company in America was doing the exact same process to make basically the same kind of Pilsner beer. And interesting because they were the first ones to focus on that, to say that they were the cleanest because they were um, were the first one to talk about the process in depth, everyone believed them, even though everyone else did it. It's the same thing we were talking earlier before this that you know Michelob is known as like Mick the, Ultra, yeah, Mick Ultra. They're, they're like the, they have the people that are working out and drinking beer in their ads, right? And it's they're like t- we're yeah, low they're, calorie. Their claim they when they exploded on the market with that product, it was this is the absolutely the lowest cal, lowest carb beer product on the market bar now, you know, and it's, it, they did, they made you believe it was healthy to drink this beer. And the fact is, as you know, you and I were just talking off mic, um, Miller Lite is one carb less, excuse me, one carb more. So Mick Elder is one carb less than the other guys. And is that really going to make a big difference in your diet planning or consumption? Or if you happen to like the taste of, of, of Miller a little bit better, but Kudos to those guys for really, you know, 
branding themselves, that yep. they made that their USP, no question about it, and have sold millions and millions of units. I would year. venture to say billions at a certain point. But um, another, some other good USPs, uh, some of the things that you can think about, uh, you don't you, do, you can focus on something that matters to the customer with your USP. That's really important. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, an example of that here, I'm in Oklahoma City uh, for listeners. And I will see uh, there's a gas station called OnQ. I see their billboards all over the metro area. And they say cleanest restrooms in Oklahoma City. Um, and so that's their USP. And they're, they are very clean restrooms. They're very nice and pleasant to walk into. And they just know that that matters to the customer. When you're getting gas and you need to use the restroom, you don't want to have to go in, ask for the key to go around back to the closet that the homeless guy lives in <laughs> that happens to have a toilet. No, you walk in, everything is really nice and clean. You can get in and out. There's always a stall available, et cetera, et cetera. Another one that I, I've heard about, I don't know this one, but a billboard for a gas station that said sexiest cashiers. Um uh, uh, on the billboard. That's all it said and had the gas station logo. And then you stop and you go in and it's just some Indian guys running the, ga the gas station ca cashier, but they got people to come in because they had this USP that How is, funny is that? yeah, sexiest cashiers. Anyway, so those are some examples. That's what it is, yeah. but we can probably get more specific. I want to talk a little bit about, um, well, maybe we can end with that. We'll talk about the crew XP USP as well and talk about how you got into that. Let's talk about the, the steps really fast. Um, you know, what do you think are the first things that you should look at when you're talking about a, developing a USP for your company? I think uh, that's a great question. I think, I think you really, and we've done this well the last couple of years. I think you really have to dive into who your ideal customers are. You have to understand who that customer is. And for us, there's there's three profiles. Um, so once you know that, it's, it's easier to start to understand what your customer needs and then aligning those resources to deliver to that audience. So, so for example, um, we moved away. So part of our USP is no brand direct projects. We are not pursuing um, relationships with any exhibitor direct anymore. There was a time, you know, 20, 30 years ago, we did. But um, what I can tell you, it, that's so one is there's that two. Let us move a facility to the very front lines of the busiest convention cities in North America. We chose Las Vegas and Orlando, from which we can reach 10 other high traffic convention areas with a one day's truck ride, right? So we know we can deploy to a dozen cities very quickly if we're building in Las Vegas in Orlando. So um, three, we made an enormous investment and the high-frequency exhibit components that we know those partners need, pre-engineered aluminum frames, custom counters, sexy reception desks, um, lots of lighting and accessories. And then we staffed it with carpenters um, that can modify, can make those things quickly or modify standard-looking products very quickly. And then we signed our own union contracts. So we don't outsource that really critical component to get the solution to the floor. It's our guys. And, you know, we are, we're able to, to bundle all those really critical components. Why? Because we think we can deliver them more of a hassle-free experience than if you're piecemealing all those things 
um, some other way. We also think it's going to save money. We know it'll save money because, you know, you may have a 25 mile round trip delivery when you give a, when a, when a partner gives us a turnkey rental project, not a, a, you know, 4,500 cross country round trip journey. And if you know what the costs of freight and gas and the driver and trailer shoulders and the impact of all that stuff, we just, this makes us a, a safer bet. And I think safe and dependable, that's, that's a big part of what our USP has become with the partners that know us. So yeah, yeah we, I mean, we've thought about all that, Khalil. Yeah. So obviously the, and it, this doesn't necessarily, it's not like you, it was, it's not like you can point to, man, Chris, do you remember that meeting on November 3rd of 1999 where we sat down and we figured it out? We had it all planned out. It was, this is exactly what we're going to do. That's not, it it's comes from experience. It comes from time. Your USP will evolve as the market evolves, as the, your audience evolves, as your abilities and capabilities evolve as well. Um, but it's something that you should think about and know very quickly. Uh, and I like what, you know, with all the things that you've done over the years to make decisions that get you to the place where you have this USP of being built for partnerships, specifically in the Las Vegas and Orlando area. It allows you to be so focused on it and it allows people to feel like, oh, if I want a long-term partner that's going to help me in those spaces, I need to go with Crew XP. If this is something yeah. where I'm going to have events in these places frequently, they're the go-to. Um, you and so- I, you know, Sorry to jump, but to your point, there's a lot of companies, Khalil, in my space that have facilities in Las Vegas, as an example, the busiest city in North America. Um, they do that to service their customers, right? So they may store and house their customers' exhibits there because their customers there there a lot, but they they're not structured to serve other exhibit houses and agencies in the way that we are. Um, they're not structured with staff. Their processes. Are not. One of the things I've learned is when we made that commitment to go all into the trade, um, it changes our it changed our processes. It changed. The products that we stocked in the inventory, it's, it changed the facility and layout. It, it, um, the talent that we hired, the way we behave. Um, there are, I, there are some great companies that serve, serve the trade. Um, there aren't a lot of great companies that have put the whole package together, um, forward deployed the way we have. It's a, it's a serious expense to do that. So, um, and I know, and I know that because. The partners that we have are super grateful, and the ones that call us desperately in the eleventh hour can't find anybody else that can make that offering. So it's been an interesting, uh, you know, really to just to learn how unique we really we really are. But to, I, I wanted, I did want to, you know, we were talking earlier offline about what does a USP look like in the trade, in the exhibit and experiential agency space. Um, and you know, there's a lot of things people choose to amplify, emphasize, and amplify as their USP. I creativity is a lot. Of, we're more creative than the other guys, and it really becomes a contest of, you know, on pitch day, um, we're going to show you our stuff, and you're going to look at their stuff, and we're going to tell you the stories about our five things that we show you, and you know, hopefully, you know, they're influencing that way. We, I know, you know, there's one company that goes, we use 100% sustainable products when we build something. That's important to a certain type of a, a buyer. Um, we have build cities and you know forward deployed in the busiest cities um, where your clients are, mo- are most often doing business. Um, that's a claim that we make. Um, 
I've, I know people who go, we are Jimmy John's, man. We are freakishly fast. We'll build it faster than anybody. Well, um, I'm not sure building fast is, you know, the right way to choose somebody. But if you are a corporate procrastinator and you're constantly waiting, I, you know, CES show I told you uh, is going on. Biggest show of the year uh, in the U.S. Biggest show for, for any exhibitor there, I'm sure, that they do. And we literally will get people that will call us two and a half weeks before moving starts wanting to talk about building something for them. And you go, okay, so, um, and we've become better at saying we're not going to be your best option because we know the shortcuts and the things we have to skip in order to make that tech. And you're not going to be happy. And we won't be happy if you're not happy. So there's, there's that. I know um, several that have come out and they promote we will give you a, a guaranteed not to exceed price. So we all know about the um, variables that we have little to no direct control over that can impact your costs, your show services bill, which can be a moving target on any given show. Uh, so to guarantee um, not to exceed a price, you know, I haven't called them, but if you drill down, I'm sure they're, you have to follow their process for them to honor that. And I'm sure. It's not, hey, you only got two weeks to build it and, you know, I want every champagne taste on a beer budget. So uh, anyway, that's typically, those are, those are some of the things, Khalil, we see industry people, uh, our industry people um, use to, to build their USP around. And so I think by nature with a USP, you're also, when, you, when you're looking at your audience, you're thinking about, okay, who am I selling to? What are their needs? What are their pain points? What gets them excited? How can I speak their language? When you're thinking about that audience, if you're being too broad with that audience, you're not really going to be able to nail anything down that's meaningful to that audience. And so you're going to have to sacrifice people. Like for Crew XP, by being built for partnerships and by saying no to brand side customers, you're limiting your off audience and you are sacrificing customers, sacrificing projects, sacrificing revenue by doing that. But yes. you're also saying yes to so many great opportunities that can, you know, in, in your case, was a business decision for long-term growth and sustainability. I'm smiling because you and I shot a week ago uh, an episode called Grow With No. And it really, and if you're a small business owner or you've made a shift in your business model or offering the last three years post-pandemic, um, it's a very scary and courageous thing to say no to certain business, especially, you know, when you've got some overhead and you've got to pay the bills and you're, you're, you know, you want revenue. But, um, when we, when we were, when we were all in on, on trade only business. Um, we, yeah, no exceptions, right. We're, we're dismantle anything we did to, you know, pursue or accept brand side business. And it still comes in, in our nets and we refer that out. And if we don't have a good person we can refer to, we just say, sorry, we don't do that anymore. Um, but man, to your point a minute ago, Cleo, once you narrow that focus, what happens is the speed and the velocity, which you pick up because you're so clear on who your audience is and what your offering is. Um, I can, all I can tell you is if you're good at it, it just works out. The your dance card still gets filled. You get the reputation for being um, these guys, not those guys, right? And 
Um, and it's been, it's been wonderful. And, um, once you make that leap and you're just all in, um, oh wait, it's so much easier to tell your story as a, as, on what your USP is when you're, when you're true to it and you're not sort of, sort of pretending or just sort of, you know, peripherally, you're still doing this other stuff. Um, yeah, it, 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 in granted, if you're a brand new startup, man, I know how hard that would be to do because your number one priority is you go, I got to hire two project managers and I got to get into a space because I'm either working for home or I'm in an executive suite or whatever. And you need, and you need money to do that. And so you're the, the pressure to take on anything that comes in the door is there. And I'm just saying from experience, you will have more fun and enjoy um, success quicker if you really decide who you are and commit to that and then use your creativity to develop the strategy in maybe a narrower lane, but just you can be, then you can also be known for your USP because it's, it's much truer. So yeah, I, I, you're right. Grow, growing with no is, is, is not a negative. It's absolutely a positive. Yeah. And if you haven't listened to that episode, it's the one right before this. So you're listening to USP, go listen to Grow With No because they go hand in hand. Um, but just like you have to know your audience, you've got to know your strengths because uh, you've got to be able to deliver, like you said. And so think about what do you do best? What do your customers always talk about? What do they rave about? Where are they like when they leave a review on, on your business, what are they mentioning? Um, and maybe that's your team. Maybe that's your processes. Maybe that's how you deliver. Maybe that's how you communicate. Whatever it is listen to those things, know your strengths, and then double down on them. I think um, for a lot of people, they'll look at the competition and they'll feel like they have to benchmark and follow what their competitors are doing. What And that goes in a lot of things. It's how their competitors market, what channels they're on, it, it's how they're, what their offering is, it's what their pricing is. And I was just talking to someone about this the other day, your competitors do not have your best interests in mind. And Likely, if you're benchmarking and just following their lead, you're always going to be behind because what is, what you're seeing on their website, what you're seeing in their proposals, what you're seeing at their shows is what they worked on six months ago, a year ago, two years ago. And so you're just, you're at best, if you're benchmarking, you're going to be your competitor two years ago. <laughs> and so yeah. you have to think differently. You've got to position yourself differently. So focus on your audience, not your competitors, and then understand what your strengths are and that where those intersect, that's what you should be focused on, right? That's where you can start crafting your message. That's when you can start developing that USP. You can't go wrong if your true North compass in business is following what your customer says, what they want. Yeah. I mean, being belly to belly with the customer, it's, you can look at what your competitor's doing. You can read what the pundits are saying, industry trends are, but your, your best indicator where to point your business is by listening to your customers. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, as we kind of wrap up here with the USP, I think that if you're going to be successful, you've got to incorporate your USP really across the board. It's not just in this one little proposal deck that we have that we share with people on sales calls. It's got to be, it's got to be incorporated into your team. Everyone on the team has to know it, right? How, how are you incorporating built for partnerships across the board at CrewXP? We are monthly all staff meetings. We talk about who we are, who our customer is, who are our, who are ideal customers. You know, it's big exhibit houses that use us for overflow. 
it's it's small and midsize that don't have back rooms and inventory and maybe they're in secondary markets but they want to be competitive and serve clients in the major markets like you know Vegas and Miami and in Atlanta and in 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 Orlando um and it's experiential agencies that all they do is strategic and creative and they don't they don't build anything and uh so and we've we've always had a relationship with that audience so once you know so i'm we're constantly communicating the other thing that we're doing Khalil is we have sort of an internal language of you know we have key account partners. We have growth partners. We have what we call foundation partners. There's criteria for each one, but the staff here, even the the pull and prep teams on the floor, if they hear a name and they go, "Oh, these guys are," you know, that's a growth partner. They know. Well, what does that mean? It means they're growing with us in high double digits every year. Something has happened where there's been a breakthrough in the relationship. Maybe they're not using us just for labor help anymore. Maybe they're doing. Now they're having us do turnkey builds for them. Maybe they're using us in new cities. Maybe they've discovered us as the, you know, doing some small general contracting work, which we do, or brand activations, right? We talked about that. That's really just, that's like a, it's, it's, a, it's an, an event, a customer event that's not happening in the trade show space, but it's a lot of the same components. Anyway, so um, I find talking to the staff, um, visually showing them the successes of the projects, when they see us out, um, at Art Basel, one of the biggest art shows in the world on the beach in Miami. And um, Jacob Dylan in the Wallflowers is playing on a stage we built in front of, you know, 50 feet of, of, you know, aluminum frame walls that we provided. They go, oh, my God, check that out. Right. We did that. And you go, yeah, well, this is they feel great about it. So, um, you know, we find it, you know, making sure they understand and seeing what it is we do. We just talk about it a lot. That's helped internalize this group going, we're really part of something special or different. They're proud and they, they go home and talk about it. It's the big joke. And I know our listeners will get this. Those of us have been in this industry for decades. Our families still don't understand what we do. You know, my daughter goes, he kind of builds, you know, did you ever play with Legos when you were a kid? Like they're big Legos. <laughs> like erector sets. And is he, so your dad's in construction. No, he's not really in that. Uh, yeah, he kind of is. Well, where he's in Vegas a lot. He is. He's in. Uh, what's he do in Vegas? Well, there's like you know what trade show is. Yeah, there's trade show. You know. Anyway, she they just dance around and they so um, show pictures, video, tell the story, make sure your loved ones and your coworkers can can brag about what you do because it's it is such a cool uh, industry. And if you're listening to this, I know. You're in the industry and you get it and you know that. And you're laughing because you know it's it's a struggle to to communicate to other people what we do sometimes. Well, uh fun little episode here. I hope yeah. that you know people are encouraged to even they didn't know what a USP is, uh go out, do a little more research, think about your marketing, stop just talking about what you do and start talking about what you want to be known for. Uh start yeah. talking about what makes you different. Um and then for people who already knew about USP, maybe it's a little bit more about integrating it into your team, into not just your sales and marketing, but even into your production processes, uh, talking about your USP with the rest of your crew so that you know exactly what you're doing and it's even more uh, shared by your company. So um, yeah, thanks for talking, Chris. 
We have, for listeners, um, go subscribe to us on YouTube, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, follow us on LinkedIn as well. Get our uh, the CrewXP newsletter, if you'd like to, is going out regularly. You can subscribe to that on the website, crewxp.com. More in the show notes down, show notes down there. And lastly, uh, we've got another great episode coming up soon, all about sales and production, Harmony, aligning those. So would love to have you guys listen. But thanks for being a part of our audience. We will see you on the next one. Thanks, thanks Chris. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Experience Builders Podcast. Check out our website in the show notes or visit crewxp.com to learn more.